My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode 141 of Legally Clueless. Thank you for rocking with this podcast. Join our online fam on Instagram. We're at Legally Clueless Podcast. That space is growing. It's such a warm yellow space. There's a link to that page in the show notes. Make sure as well, if you want to chit chat about the podcast on Twitter, just use the hashtag Legally Clueless. I appreciate all the tweets that I see. Um... (laughs) while stalking you (laughs) yeah but thank you (laughs) thank you for making it easier for me to stalk you by using that hashtag i also would love you to check out our youtube channel if you're new to this podcast it's our newest baby on which you'll find season one of our video series you'll find a five-part tour where we go from nairobi nakuru kisumu mombasa and paris (laughs) (laughs) and we have just started season two of the legally clueless video series on our youtube channel episode one went out on friday it's getting so much love because the storyteller in that episode is she's got such good energy oh my god Goodness. You know, so here's a story about this particular storyteller. Her name is Ray. Ray is a radio presenter. She used to be on Homeboys Radio. That's how I first got to meet her. And now she's on Sound City in Kenya. I am very particular about who I do interviews with just because I find that quite a few interviewers in especially like traditionally set up broadcast (laughs) stations. Can you hear me trying to choose my words? Well, anyway, I find that a lot of the either radio presenters or TV presenters are very lazy. I can't tell you the number of times I've gone for an interview and I've had to, before we go on air, edit the questions that the presenter is going to ask me, even though prior to the interview, I've sent like a deck on whatever project it is that I'm focusing on, just in depth, because I've been on the other side, so I understand it. But people just wouldn't read it. When you come on the show, they're like... (laughs) scheming through it and I shush, I don't like going through that so anyway <laughs> as I go on a rant about them instead of focusing on Ray's awesomeness I remember when I left my job at Kiss FM I believe I was pushing another podcast that started and Legally Clueless and so I was doing a media tour and going on Ray's show was like a no-brainer for me because her energy the research she puts into understanding what her guest is about um, and also bringing you into her space in terms of her show and her and like her energy is just it's ah she's she's such sunshine it's amazing anyway here's a snippet of what story she shared in episode one of season two of the legally clueless video series so we started to save now you know when they say love is love is blind man there's red flags that you see afterwards <laughs> Oh, man, we did save. <clears throat> now, Corona, the pandemic had happened. I did. I tried the whole with my own accounts and stuff, but I think because media was laying off people, banks were very, very hesitant to like give you a backing, like a loan or something. I hadn't joined a SACO at that time, but he had, although his account was, his account was dormant. This is, I feel stupid saying it now. So we saved in his account, guys. It was not joint. I had no... I, 
but I was just yeah on trust and love because I thought you know it's ours you know I mean yeah we're gonna eventually do this yeah so make sure you go check out her episode it's just you know the funny thing is I really do identify with that episode and we didn't even know this it's after we shot the episode I was telling her like I went through very similar things where immediately my mom died I got into a very wrong relationship (laughs) I've said this before on this podcast like it's one of those relationships that like everyone around me knows we just pretend it never happened (laughs) hey 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 (laughs) it just never happened oof even just thinking about it like anyway (laughs) turns out when you lose somebody especially somebody who's super close to you there's like a void a huge void like hey a very huge void and you don't want to confront that emptiness you want to instead fill it with something or someone and that's how I ended up in that relationship to be quite frank and Ray kind of went through the same thing and she talks about it in in the story and even in that terrible relationship of mine there was a finances issue (laughs) not in terms of exactly like raise which is like savings but just in terms of I don't know if you've ever been in relationships where you find yourself almost like being used financially and it's not in your face so it takes you a while to figure out like whoa 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 whoa, what's happening That was the case for me. And so I completely identified with Ray's story. So I think you should check it out. I've put a link to our YouTube channel in the show notes. I don't know why I went on a rant. (laughs) No, it was just fascinating that we'd been through such similar things. Check out the show notes. Make sure you watch Ray's episode. The next episode is going to be out this Friday, which is the 26th of November. It features a very good friend of mine. We've been friends since high school like pre-university high school and he's just such an awesome person and so 26th november is going to be a new episode out of course one season two starts that means for the next 13 weeks every single friday there's a new episode so subscribe to our youtube channel turn on notifications join the gang there okay let's get back to this episode and far far away from exes that we're trying to forget um (laughs) i'm really excited about the story that's in this episode listen to this because my hustle started when i was in form two after clashes in the evening i would hop into matatus for the evening squads the rush hour matatu is quite tricky i would wake up at around uh, 4, 5.30. At uh, that time, there was money in Matatu industry. 4,500 there per day. When I started, Matatu was around 16. So after that trip, we went to a place called Mbuya Town. Deep, past Kampala, deep in Uganda. People don't know English. People don't know Swahili. So you just struggle. Then I got a job uh, in a certain hardware in Eldoret. So they needed a lorry driver. I had never driven a lorry before. <laughs> We're giving you a job. I was like, okay, thank you. My That was my first time working with the Asians. That was the first story we recorded during our tour in August when we were in Kisumu. And I, I, I can't wait for you to hear it because it's like the first time we've ever recorded such a story. And it's just, I love how diverse the stories that end up on this podcast are. Yeah, so that's coming up a little later in this episode. The song of the week is a song that I always go to whenever I go into like a deep zone of creating, which is somewhere I'm in now because I'm writing a lot of poetry. There is something I want to do with my poetry maybe like a year from now. And... (laughs) 
I don't want to put it out there because I don't want you to hold me accountable in case I talk myself out of it. So all I'll say is like, I'm really losing myself in poetry, which is one of my most favorite things to do. And whenever I go into those ruts of creation, like the one song I really love listening to is by India Ree. And the name of the song is always in my head because when I listen to the song, obviously maybe I could be wrong because I'm not the one who wrote it. I feel like it's almost like her ode to music her expressing how deeply in love she is with this art and i remember first listening to that song when i was in ib i think like pre-uni days or early uni days around there immediately feeling like this is exactly what i feel about poetry and so whenever i'm writing or whatever or like i just want to zone out i want to like jump start <laughs> my writing from like a writer's block season this is one of the songs i listen to so i've put a link to it in the show notes i hope you like it as much as i do <laughs> i mean it's india rishi is awesome and can do no wrong so check out the song all right let me share what i'm grateful for this week shockingly i have something <laughs> on my gratitude list amen you know like i just never know when that week is gonna be that I'm just like, fuck this. I'm not grateful for anything because there are zones like that and it's it's okay to feel what you're feeling. But that's not this week. This week, there's something on my list. It's like one thing, but it's like a mix. It's like a mashup. I'm very grateful that I am a free thinker stroke very self-aware. I've been self-aware for quite a long time, like from my super younger days, probably like from my end of upper primary. So that's like class six, seven, eight, which of course is all the doing of my brilliant late mom who just met me where I was and validated who I was. So I, I didn't think anything was wrong with like loving poetry or just being like weird. <laughs> I was quite okay with it and still, I'm still quite okay with, with who I am. And I'm very aware of who I am, what I like, what I will not do, and that I question. I think that's a free think a bit. And so the reason I thought about this is because I've just been noticing, especially with social media, from the audience perspective, people really follow a lot of very shallow clout chasing things and i'm not trying to be like "Ooh, i'm better than everybody and whatever and i don't consume these things from time to time but what i i realize is even in the moments that i consume them my spirit feels a bit heavier you know it's just like ugh, what was that you know <laughs> and i really started reducing how much popular content I consume and popular in terms of Kenya so in terms of what's happening in like entertainment scene or even outside like what's trending you would say across various platforms in Kenya I find things to be very dumb I, I find quite a few things to be very dumb and I don't know how we keep engaging with such mediocre stuff and mediocre not in terms of quality but in terms of like thought process like you know this person is creating this for clout and so from an audience perspective it's like why are you choosing to engage with it and so I love that that for me things are that deep where I'll just be like yeah this is foolish <laughs> count me out and then I love from a creator's perspective being self-aware and like a free thinker it allows me to create without the pressure of this needs to be popular this needs to be trending because that's that's very dangerous. 
because you keep chasing that popular thing that most of the time would be something mediocre or something basic and you never want to be in a, in a situation where first that you're not creating something that's true to you second that you're creating something that is just insulting the intelligence of those who are going to to interact with it and something that's not genuine you know and so this week especially i've been having a lot of conversations around this and i'm just like very grateful that for years i've been comfortable with not fitting in because now i'm not chasing that it feels like there's a huge percentage of people online especially on social media who are chasing that wow i have spoken for so long let's jump into the story good Good Lord. This, as I said, was the first story we recorded in Kisumu. It's a story by Jobu. For those of you who are not from Kenya or have not had any interaction in Kenya, when he talks about Matatu, that is our public transport uh, vans. They're basically either like 14-seaters or 20-something-seaters public transport vans. But for us, there's a huge like graffiti culture around them. Yeah, if you hear him talk about Matatu, just know that's what he's referring to. And his story is really around... His passion for driving that led him to be like driving matatus when he was 16 years old a hundred african stories on legally clueless stories from africa i'm oando nyandeka job i was born and raised in eldoret but currently i live in kisumu my hustling journey is quite interesting because my hustle started when i was in form two after clashes in the evening i would uh, I would hop into Matatus for the evening squads, the rush hour. Yeah, they call it squaddy. Yeah, in quotes. So that was where my hustle started. That was where I became uh, very passionate about cars because before I was passionate, but then it became very interesting. So most of the time I would think of cars in form two more than I was before. So I used to do that until I was done with high school. Then immediately after high school, I got my driving license. Wow, God was great. And I started now my full-time hustling. Yeah, Matatu is quite tricky because uh, I would wake up at around uh, 4, 5.30. Those were the times, 4.30, 5, 4. It depends on the day because Eldoret is quite a lazy city. <laughs> so the busiest days were actually from... Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, because there was a university, University of Eldred. So, yeah, when the students used to go to rev, so we would wake up really early to pick them from the clubs. Sometimes we would go and uh, be there at the club so that wherever they want to go, you, you're just there. So you'll park the car somewhere and then you get into the club. Enjoy them, but then in your mind, you are hustling. As in, you know, maybe I'll make my first trip at around 3 the second one, third. So by the time it's daybreak, you've already you're already done with your target. Uh, at that time, there was money in matatu industry. So like uh, the total we used to make was around nine thousand, ten thousand. So if we were done with the expenses, like fuel, our salary, the remaining would be around five or. 4,500 there per day. When you have eaten, we will go to Isli Eldoret. You know Isli? It's a popular joint in Eldoret where it's the only place you'll find fish, fresh fish. So we will go there, pack, we eat. That was around 500 each. So it's a, we'll take a lunch, 1K. 
yeah, then we go back our stream show. As long as we are done with this target, you know, and this target was 4,200, so the rest we knew how to balance it. And you know, we used to write the book, but then we used to write the book in the evening. So I was good at balancing things. <laughs> From uh, 6, 6, 6.30 to around uh, 8.38. So I could make like three, four trips. Yeah, from town CBD to Junction. There is an area called Junction. When I started my tattoo, was around 16, yeah, 16, 17. I used to take the advantage that uh, police were not there in the evening. And then people believed in me as in they were like, this boy is a driver, a real good driver. I remember one incident, there's a certain hill, uh, there's a place called Subaru. There was a driver, as in, he was just, a, he was just an aged man around maybe 40s, nearing his 50s. So I was hanging in the car because I didn't used to pay fare. So those times, the 14-seater used to carry 18 people. So it was my name. And then when we reached that hill, there was a jam. Do you know the guy, Alishindua? Like, he'll start. It was really hard for him. So the conductor was like, hey, get down. This boy had to lay Gary up. And then there's another one. The passengers were looking at me very weirdly. So they were like, hey, this guy is here to kill us. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, my tattoos don't have handbrake and stuff. So I was like, uh, wake up moja na uzime. Yeah, gear number one. Then he switched off the engine. Then I went into the driver's seat, ignited the vehicle, and... After the hill. Imagine, you know, I used to like fashion that time. So I used to spend my money on clothes, shoes. Yeah, I wanted to look nice. <laughs> so uh, after high school, I did Matatu for around six months. And then after those six months, a friend of mine came to Eldoret and he had a truck. So I was like, Eesh. we were just with you the other day, so I have to go with you. Do you know, I live in a school, actually. Off we went to Uganda. And we went, I told him, now show me how to drive this beast. So he, he told me to watch. And I observed him very keenly. He, it was the huge one, actress, 2546. I will never forget. KCD. <laughs> <laughs> It was a KCD one, a green one. I still remember it up to date. Yeah, so off we went. Yeah, he drove to a place called Juakali. And so now he told me, I hope you've observed enough. I was like, yeah, I've seen. So he told me now come to the driver's seat. I hoped in. Wow. The first time I caught that staring, you know, it's huge. Wow. The seat is, uh, it uses pressure. It's more of hydraulic. So it measures your weight, then it suspends itself so the lighter you are the more it comes up so when you see it it goes down and then it looks in a way in a quicker too much you got the best feeling so off we started the journey wow as in everything was just nice i drove from joakali to bushia just at night so we stopped at a place called luandeti with those some um, cargo we were dropping for a guy so when we stopped there we alighted and then he told me now, sana. this thing don't apply brakes so much. Yeah, because the discs were red. 
hotter than hot. So he was like, yeah, you're using too much brake. This is not a matatu, this is a truck. So there's a way you, he taught me. Yeah, he was a good teacher, I still remember him. He's still doing trucking. I guess right now, yeah, he does in South Sudan. So after that trip, we went to a place called, to a place called Mbuya town, deep past Kampala, deep in Uganda. People don't know English, people don't know Swahili, so you just struggle. <laughs> We would hop into a hotel and you point the food someone is eating. <laughs> yeah, because there are people, they didn't understand English, they didn't know Swahili. We just talk in sign language and try to emulate their language. So we were like, I need milk. So Amata, yeah, Amata, like that, Django. <laughs> so uh, actually, I used to, okay, the guy after we, we were back in Kenya. He left me in Eldoret, so he went back to Mombasa. I continued with my matatu, but any time he would reach Eldoret, he had to call me. So I leave my matatu, we go with him, we get back. I light in Eldoret, he goes to Mombasa. I left matatu now. I just felt like I needed to be alone and do my own stuff. So I was back at home, doing nothing. I used to go for squads, the truck, the truck one. When he used to come, when he was in Eldoret, we used to head to Uganda, Rwanda, and back. Then I got a job uh, in a certain hardware in Eldoret. So they needed a lorry driver. I had never driven a lorry before. <laughs> <laughs> a friend of mine uh, called me and he was like, hey, why are you staying at home and there's a job? You can drive a truck. I told him, yeah, there's a lorry. I was like, Okay. <laughs> wow, so it was very interesting. So I went, they asked for my DL and everything. So those requirements, yeah, the requirements. We're giving you a job. I was like, okay, thank you. My, that was my first time working with the Asians. I was given a, a calorie, KBS, I still remember. At a tower, and the steering was manual. Hey. Hey. Now I was around 19. Yeah, so I was given the calorie. I hustled you around two months ah i quit the job told them i can't handle this steering it's killing me the steering was manual as in vehicles right now use power steering right so the power steering system of that lorry was dead <laughs> <laughs> so you had to apply force my manpower was the power steering <laughs> and it was really hard especially when it was loaded hey, i even had uh, blisters on my ah this is not a job i Quit. I quitted that job. Then I was home for around uh, six months. But I used to go for Matatu during weekends because that was when Matatu had money. Actually, I used to feel like maybe I should go back to school. But then I was, no. These students, sometimes they had no money. So they used to wait for me to carry. So I was like, ah, me, I'm better. So <laughs> I used to tell them, by the way, I used to tell them, so many in wandike kazi. Yeah, we used to joke a lot and uh, I had a lot of friends, including the lecturers even. I had so many friends. I was their favorite actually. They were like, if it's not a matter to driven by Jobu, then we're not going. They used to call me. Imagine people have gone for a rave. They're calling you, you're in Uganda with a truck. <laughs> They're like, hey, come pick us. I was like, okay, I got you. So to call another person to go pick them. So after those around six, seven months, these people who employed me again called me. They were like, hey, you're a good driver. 
and you left. It was our fault, actually. You never did us wrong. You never did. Okay, the drivers were thieves. <laughs> they used to sell a lot of things. Hey, yeah, it was real. So, as in, my work was very, my work was full of integrity, and I was very transparent. Whenever, whenever I was agitated, I would go to the boss direct. So they understood me because So I left the work. So after those seven months, they called me back. So they were like, okay, the problem was power steering. Now we have a new car for you. And I was given a new lorry, KCH. Wow. So, so they told me, this is your vehicle. You'll be starting work today. So I did the work for around again eight months. Then that time I had anger issues. I used to get furious really quick. So there was a certain, it was just a, my age mate, I was older than him. Yeah, a nation guy. So he, we had an argument, Kidogo. We were closing. So I was taking my car inside the go down so that they shut. So he was like, why are you getting the car inside? I told him time. No, 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 no. You're stupid, you're full. Hey, Mikashuka. So I was like, yeah. What did you just say? He grabbed the the watchman's wrong one, threw it at me. Hey, hey, I don't know. I was I reached him within seconds. I blew him out. <laughs> I really I gave him some punches and I went to the station and took a P3 against him. I had a friend of mine, he's a lawyer, yeah, called Rich yeah, it's like this, like this. So and I came back now. After a day, I had a bandage on my leg because he threw the room at me, it really harmed me. So, but then I really beat him up to Kichapo. So I came back with my P3, stamps as out as you go, and I was like, yeah, you have to know this is Kenya. Actually, that was what I told you. Yeah, I quit the job. So we talked to the boss. And I told him, no, I can't talk with you. You just need to come with things because this boy, actually he was uh, he was an in-law to one of the senior senior people at work. So I was like, ah, I, I can't work anymore. So after I quit the job, I got, uh, now I started doing trips now, the Skodi with trucks. So I was there stationed in Eldoret. So I was designated driver. So people come, the ones who live in Eldoret, when they reach in Eldoret, they give me their trucks. I deliver the night, bring it back to them. They go back to Mombasa. So that was the hassle. One trip would give me around six, seven thousand. And I would go in like two, three days to the maximum. And mind you, I'm eating. I sleep well as in. So after that, then there was a time I was really low. Now, the depression part. So I felt like everything wasn't going the right way. And like I had expected. <laughs> Love is a beautiful thing, but again, it's poison. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, I had really invested my feelings and myself into that, and then shit happened. So I was like, ah, me me too. Yeah, so I I was really I was really down for almost six months. I don't wanna do anything. I just want to sit. Yeah, so I went back home. I used to talk to no one. I used to sleep. I could sleep the whole day and still sleep the whole night. I don't know. I don't know how I used to manage that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was life. And uh, afterwards, I went back to Matatu again. I did Matatu 
for almost a year and then I got another job with a lorry. So I did the job for around five months until the owner sold the lorry. So I went to Matatu again. I was in Matatu then the terms you see in Matatu those bosses there is a way they treat people. Ah. I told them, yeah, you can't enslave me. So back to lorries and truck squads. Yeah, until now I decided, no, no more driving. Actually, I said, I don't want to drive anymore. <laughs> if this is the way people are getting treated then, <laughs> as in people sometimes treat drivers as if they're not humans. There's a time I asked my boss, okay, you're treating me like trash and you're entrusting me with your car worth millions. And then I took him round the truck. I told him, how much is this tire? Together with the rim, the air inflated. So I told him, just see how much you're entrusting me with and see the respect you're giving me. He was quiet. I quit the job again. As in, that time I had anger issues. So this time I decided no more working. I just wanted to reconstruct myself. It wasn't easy. I decided to be alone. I used to pray a lot and then as in I just decided I saw that this was something I couldn't do on my own. I used to tell God, I say I get jobs and then I just leave them. I don't know why. So I know I get agitated real quick but then it's not my fault because I don't get agitated for no reason. I started changing slowly, gradually and then I started the feeling of, uh, when you talk to me, I digest it. You know, Kitambo, someone will just come, you know, like friends or something. Maybe you are concentrating on something. They come stop you, hey, Jobu, niaje, me, you may jump. So, as in, I started digesting things. And then I used to, the best therapy I saw was, I used to keep my sh myself in that someone's shoe. I also realized that I wasn't perfect, so many faults, maybe it was mine, and it was just, it was a reflection of what I had done. So after that, I started now becoming calm, up to date. Someone might do a thing and then Mangalietu and I leave. Oh, my hustle now, I'm a, I'm a truck driver. I'm driving here in Kisumu. It's a famous company around. We go to Sori, we go to Mbita, we go to Budalangi, we go to Nandi, as in, we are all around this region. Yeah, we deal with concrete products and I'm back and I'm enjoying, actually with also Asian guys again. <laughs> but this time my boss is the best, actually. Uh, what I would say, I'm still young, I am not old. I'm <laughs> only 26. We expect a lot and then we are choosy. You know, that is the biggest problem with us, as in, we choose a lot. No, I can't be a chef, no, I can't be a driver, can't be a mechanic, I can't, as in, all of us can't fit in offices. And sometimes we make more money than the people in the offices, you know. I had a friend of mine, he's called Jobu, like me. He was a banker, I used to carry him. So he was like, hey, you people make a lot of money even than us. Then I joked with him, but I told him, your credit, <laughs> I told him there's something, I told him, the problem is, you, when you need to apply a loan, you'll get a higher loan limit me. I even, they don't even know me. You have a payslip. Yeah, so I told him, you have an advantage, you have a payslip. We make money on daily basis, and that's very dangerous. You know, 
there's nothing as bad as you sleeping and knowing the next day I'm like 2,000 rich. So you might squander this today and because tomorrow, you just know tomorrow is there. <laughs> that was what I hated Matatu with. I'll make money and then the money will just vanish. I didn't have a GT, so I had 2,000 yesterday. I haven't gone anywhere. Where is this money? <laughs> Yeah, so I decided to be doing matatu on weekends because there was no difference. Whether I worked the whole week and I did it during the weekend. <laughs> For the younger generation than us, I would tell them, as at 17 at least, you know, whatever you want in life. And before I talk of the kids, maybe the parents too. If, you, if your child has a passion with something, if it's earlier, just encourage him to continue the education because it's good communication and also manners, you see, that's all about education, civilization. But then if he has a passion, he or she has a passion for something, support, you never know. My own brother is a really talented footballer, but my mom shut his dreams. And I always blame mom up to date. The boy was real awesome. In primary, he was all over the newspapers and he was a real good striker. But then mom burnt his shoes and his ball and from that day, changed up to date, broke water. We always tell mom, and she cries a lot, but we told him. But he's still passionate about football. I can get you under, Yeah, so parents, uh, if you see your children have a passion for something or they're interested in anything, please support. Yeah, my dad supported me. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, though, we used to brush shoulders because he's a church guy in Watu. <laughs> Yeah, you get me. Yeah, still, he's a pastor. I love him a lot. I always feel like I owe him a lot because the first, okay, he paid for my license. He paid, uh, even this work I'm doing is the one who connected me. So I always feel like I owe him a lot. I used to know how to drive. Uh, okay, to place the gear and move the vehicle, but I didn't know how to change the gears. So he taught me that from number one to two. He taught me now how to exchange the gears, how to break. I owe him a lot. Catch more African stories in the next episode of Legally Clueless. I really enjoyed recording this story. It gave me a perspective into an industry and a world that I'd only interacted with like very lightly before. I think Jobu is just so real and I love that. And I also really, I really felt the bit where he said people treat drivers like they're not human and i think we've all seen this in one way or another and it's like unfortunately so true but yeah this is really such a good example as to why i love storytelling and hearing other people's stories it just connects you with others in a very powerful way it makes you introspect you learn things from stories storytelling is so powerful and i'm just so glad we have such diverse stories here on this podcast from different Africans and this is just one of them you know so remember that if you hear something on this podcast speaking of the podcast um, that you resonate with and you want to chit chat about it you can record a voice note and send that to our legally clueless hotline which is plus two five four 
768-628-790. Of course, you can send that via WhatsApp. If you are in Kenya, you can catch this podcast on Trace Radio every Monday and Wednesday at 11 p.m. and 12 noon and every Friday at 12 noon. All you need to do is go to traceradio.co.ke to stream Trace there or to get a list of the Trace frequencies around the country. I have to end this episode here. I'm actually recording it at 2 a.m. on Sunday because I'm traveling tomorrow at 3 a.m. I don't want to share where I'm going just yet, but it's very exciting and I'm super nervous. And so I don't want to jinx it. I just want to get there, do what I'm meant to do. Hopefully all goes well. I'll definitely talk about it in the next episode. But yeah, I need to end the the podcast here so that I can pack. (laughs) I have not packed, so I'm recording this surrounded by like my open suitcase and like bags of knickknacks that I bought and clothes that I don't need, but I bought. I'm surrounded by a mess in my office right now, so I need to end this episode so I can get to packing. And in the next week's episode, I'll be able to share where the heck I'm going and how it went. That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.